The sponsor for the month is the Banner of Truth Trust. It is a high honor to preach God's Word, but the life of the pastor can still be pressured and tiring. The Banner of Truth Ministers Conference is designed to provide you with encouragement and rest. You will enjoy great fellowship from like-minded ministers and teaching from trusted preachers. Gather with us May 30th through June 1st in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania, under the theme, Not Ashamed of the Gospel, and enjoy new friendships, find great banner books at exclusive prices, and recalibrate your heart for the ministry. Can't make it in May? Consider the West Coast Conference in October. Thinking about entering the ministry? Well, this is for you, too. Find out more at thebanneroftruth.org. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Hello, and welcome back to the Shepherd's Crook. I hope you guys are all doing well today. We are going to talk about the art of bullying or social peer pressure to the positive direction today. Uh, but first, I want to pray and then remind you about our giveaway and sponsor for the month. Let's pray. Father, we come to you because we need you. We're dependent upon you. And we thank you for your grace. This week is just like any other week. There's good work that you've laid out for us to do, and we want to take that work up and do the best that we possibly can with it. We want to honor you with everything that we do, with our mind, with our hands, and we trust that you're going to help us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, guys, hope you all are doing well. Be reminded, there is a really great giveaway going on right now. Banner of Truth has partnered with us for the uh, the month of March month. Uh, tongue-tied there a little bit, the month of January, and we're giving away sermons from John Calvin on the book of Job. These are phenomenal, just like anything the Banner of Truth does. Everything they do is quality. The books that you buy from them, they're going to be around in 100 years. They're going to be around in 200 years, and if you'll take care of them and your grandkids take care of them, they're just going to be around a long time. They're just that well-made. So you're not just buying some kind of book, or even if you win the giveaway, you're not getting in your mailbox, books that are just going to fall apart. These are really great quality products for Banner of Truth. I love what they do, who they publish. It's just a phenomenal organization. So check out the Banner of Truth Trust and sign up for that giveaway. All that information is in the show notes. You'll be able to check that out if you'll just click below. Also, if you would, consider this. Just pausing right now and jumping over to iTunes and leave leave a rating or review. Or on Gab, subscribe, share this if it's helpful. I would really appreciate that. And if you want to support the channel, you can on Gab. Uh, Gab Pay. So I, I do have a, a PayPal. I'm trying to figure out how to get off of that. But Gab Pay is where I'm pushing people now. It's over on Gab. If you're watching here, you can just click the link, uh, the support link, and you can become a supporter of the show if you'd like to. Okay, the art of bullying. Bullying. What am I talking about and what am I not talking about? And it, by the end, this is going to be really clear, but on the front end, I want to give you some uh, some things that really I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about actual bullying where, you know, a big guy goes to a, a younger boy and just treats him terribly or uh, mistreats a woman or something like that, uh, physically harming somebody, using their, their strength and power to trying to control somebody. Okay, that's not the kind of bullying I'm talking about. But there is a kind of bullying that the <clears throat> that the world is offering up with a definition that I think is really good to be, that we should actually become and we should actually reinforce in society. Because when we talk about bullying or what the world is calling bullying now, we're talking about positive peer pressure at a social level. There are, are some things that are acceptable, some things are not. And as this Overton window continues to move to the left, 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 into crazy town over the last however many years, 
<clears throat> anything in the public square that is uh, coming from a person who's saying this is true, this is false, is labeled as bullying. So out of the gate, I'm not talking about the virtue of bullying when an older boy comes and mistreats a younger boy or something like that. That That is clearly wrong and not what I'm, I'm talking about here. But what is bullying in our world today or in our, our society? If you begin to ask that and try to answer that, um, you, you get a, a kind of a weird definition of bullying. Like everything is bullying today, okay? Anything that isn't affirmation, in 2023 is labeled as bullying or fat shaming or fill in the blank, whatever it may be. You're doing something aggressive and evil if you're bringing reality to bear on anything in society. You become this bully. It's If, if it's pressure about a social issue or a moral issue, if you're, you're saying, hey, this isn't right or this is true and that's false, no matter what it is, then you are looked at as being the aggressive one. And if that is bullying, then we need to reestablish the glory or the art of holy bullying or mockery. You know, even about even like just facts about reality. You think about um, fat shaming that's big right now in pastoral ministry. You know the areas or the topics, no matter what it is, when it comes to gender, sexuality. You understand that if there's visitors in the room that day, what you say, what you preach is going to be received, and it could be received in a negative way if you have a bunch of visitors in that day or friends or family. Sunday morning, it was the Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, and I was getting up there to preach and to say this is the Christian position, that life begins in conception, and anything that takes the life of a child in the womb or outside of the womb or an older person outside of the womb, whoever it is, that this is by definition biblically murdered. There's no way to get around this, and there is no other Christian position. You're either right biblically on this or you're wrong. To say things like that and preach that and declare that without apology, without stuttering, the people that are in the room, you don't know their faces. You're wondering, what are they thinking about this? And certainly, if that was brought back to the to the city and some people saw that or heard that, I know there's people from our city right now that listen to this podcast. I've been on at the city council meeting, and uh, there's been people at the council that have said some awful things about me, and I know there's people in there in the community that listen to my show just to get some sort of, I mean, what I say is outside of the norm of what they like or what they accept. And so I am viewed as, and if you are proclaiming the, the scriptures faithfully, you're going to be viewed as as some sort of a bully or religious fearmonger or something like that, or be called a, you know, a Christian jihadist or something. You're going to be called and labeled terms that other people would say, look, I mean, that's exactly what you're doing. You're, you're, you're being a, a public bully. Okay, I know what I'm talking about is the glory of that. We need to reestablish the art of it, the glory of it. We need to retake the word or at least say if that's what being a bully is. It's kind of like the word racist. You're, people are saying, well, that you're racist. It's like, well, what do you mean by that? And then go into that. It's like, well, I don't care if you call me a racist. That's whatever. That doesn't matter to me. And I'm not talking about the re- reestablishing the glory of that, okay? But what I'm saying is when people call you something, you got to think, okay, what, why are they calling me that? And is there any truth to it? And in this particular case... Anything that is saying there is a morality or a truth that's out there, gender, sexuality, fill in the blank, then you're labeled as something that's evil to society at large. So if you are a truth teller, even if you're not not a Christian, if you are a truth teller, you're going to be called a bully. And what I want to say is there's art to that. There's glory in that. Jesus... At one point, you think about Jesus and John the Baptist, really any authors, and you go through even the prophets in the Old Testament, the kings, the judges, every single one of them were truth tellers. They were proclaiming the truth into to the world. They were proclaiming the, the truth to God's people. And then God's people were expected to go and disciple or train the nations, meaning you're, you're bringing truth and you're saying it out of your mouth, not just to the Christians that are around you that agree with you, but you're also speaking the truth out there. 
And, you know, societies from society to society down through history then have reinforced at the social level a positive or a negative peer pressure. In as much as Christianity had infiltrated the society and changed the society, like in America, there's been a long history of positive peer pressure in the public square. The social norms then have been around the, the right things or the true things, and what has been rejected or pushed to the side hasn't been accepted there. Things they, they've been it's been marginalized and pushed to the sides, and ta- it's been a taboo topic, whatever it may be. And then what what's, what gets what happens when a generation of people abandon any sort of truth telling? is that what's on the periphery, what what's in the taboo category, gets brought to the public and you're not allowed to say anything against it at all. You're not allowed to mock it. You're not allowed to ridicule it. You're not allowed to point to it and say, that's not right. That's not true. This is what I'm talking about. Okay, but Jesus, in Luke chapter 13, verse 32, gets told about Herod and some of the religious leaders. And let's just read it. Luke chapter 13, verse 32. And at that very hour, Pharisees came to him and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And what does Jesus say back to them? And this is going to be reported back to Herod. This is the local authority, the local Roman authority here. Jesus said, Go and say, and he said to them, Go and tell that fox. (laughs) Go and tell that fox. I love this about Jesus. Behold, I cast out demons. I perform cures today and tomorrow. And the third day, I finish my course. In other words, you have no authority over me, Herod. I'm going to march to Jerusalem, and this prophet's not going to die outside of Jerusalem. He's not going to die unless he marches there and goes there. And this is what he, what he tells him. And this is what ends up happening. Herod didn't have authority over him, and he wanted him to know publicly. That it, it, so Jesus uses the language. He's name-calling. This is holy name-calling here. Think about John the Baptist calling the Pharisees a brood of vipers. Think about Jesus in John chapter 8, turning to those who falsely believed in him, but believed in him nonetheless with a false kind of belief or a vain belief or a, or a, a human belief, but not a saving faith. And he ends up calling them the sons of the devil. This is, I mean, clear lines here of, of people in the world today where if you're name-calling, if you're doing this, this is something that is not socially acceptable anymore. And yet here's what Jesus is doing. This is what Jesus, there's, there's something, in, in other words, pastor, for you to learn and church member for you to learn as you lean into this, there's something holy here. If you've never, never been, been able to name-call, if you've never been able to say something publicly out of your mouth about somebody in the, in the world that's doing something wrongly, and this needs to be done in love, we want people to be repentant, we want people to change. But there is a place for this, there's a category for this, and we need to understand the lost virtue of positive peer pressure in the public square. It worked like this when I was in high school. I'm sure you and your buddies have been talking about this or you know talking about how when you were younger, the things that you used to say and you know, at our, at our church now, we've reinstated smear the kid is what we call it. Because when I was a kid, I want to be careful what I say on here. When, when you were a kid, you know, it was smear the, you know, it starts with a Q. That's what you always played at church and everywhere. Everywhere we went, we played this game where you, you guys know that game. You guys all played it. And then over this transition of language or switching of language over the last 20 years, those things became socially unacceptable to say. Our kids play smear the kid, have, have a really good time. That's really what we call it. We're, we're again, we don't want to be real bullies here, but we, um, we, we talk about this with your friends, you know, like when I was a kid, there was uh, uh, bullying and it was to the right things. Now, what I mean, so I, I grew up in a day when falsehood and sin really was mocked and ridiculed. Now, it was selective mockery. It was selective ridicule. So there were th- things that, that, that are socially acceptable today, the taboo stuff today that's talked about that in when I was in high school, when I was in college, would have been totally 
ripped to shreds, would have been mocked, would have been ridiculed, would have been pointed and laughed at because it's so absurd. And now absurdities have been brought to the center stage where what it feels like is that the peer pressure is to lean into absurdities. The, the peer pressure is to, to lean into everything that is a falsehood and everything that is a lie. But think about just year, just years ago, when somebody did something or said something that was foolish or silly, and did what what's done today on the front of all these magazines that that fat is the new healthy kind of thing. If if somebody was to say that, every, everybody, literally every teacher, every single person I knew, not Christian or non-Christian, would be like, "That's that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's that's completely retarded. That's stupid. That's silly. That's the kind of language that would have been used about that." Or do you remember publicly when it came to sexual ethics, the positive peer pressure was there. There was one gay dude in our school that was flamboyant about it. And he was so mocked and ridiculed that he, he left our school and ended up finishing up at a, at a local community college. That's right. That is positive peer pressure. Is when that kind of peer pressure is like, no, you can't do this. This is when somebody, for instance, if somebody that you knew was uh, just uh, publicly having an adulterous affair with multiple women and bringing that and saying, look how glorious, glorious this is. Or if there was a woman walking around in hardly no clothes at all and celebrating her femininity, she said. She's, I'm celebrating that I'm a woman kind of thing. Those are the kinds of things that need to be publicly mocked and ridiculed. There is a place for that. And pastors need to have this kind of backbone and church members as well to have a positive, that taboo topics are pushed to the side as sinful and evil and and vile, and they're called that. We need this reinforced at the society level where evil is not embraced and evil is not tiptoed around, where we mock it, we ridicule it, we say no. And so if those things, I was just told recently by a friend that he saw two young guys at a local skating rink and they were holding hands and they were clearly affectionate with one another. That's the kind of stuff that needs to be mocked and ridiculed. No, that is not acceptable. It's evil. It's vile. And those boys... If it was 20 years before, they would have been so ridiculed and mocked that they wouldn't have been able to do that in public. That's good. That's holy mockery. Where the positive, the peer pressure, if bad company corrupts good morals, then good company brings holiness. There's some sort of morality in the in around them, the periphery, the, the, the sphere of influence of people who know the truth and are truth tellers. Even if you're a non-Christian, knowing it through the common grace of God, general truths and principles about life and how the world works, there should be in that circle then a positive reinforcement around them about reality. That's, that's what truth tellers do. That's what God calls us to. And so we need to reinstate and rediscover. If you don't, what we're talking about here, you bring the gospel on this as well. You bring the, the, the hope of forgiveness and the proclamation of forgiveness. But, but when, when people are being called to repent, it comes with what the world is going to call mockery. When we say you shouldn't do that, you need to stop doing that. You're going to be labeled as somebody that's bringing hate speech to them. And in reality, you are bringing the truth and love. If hell is a reality and the wrath of God really is on sinners and we fail to do what we can to tell them, to plead with them, to stop doing this, whoever it is and wherever it is, then we don't understand the reality, I don't think, or the gravity of human sinfulness, the reality of forgiveness of sins. I think we're missing out on some of the truths that we confess, that we're not really teasing those out into all places and to all peoples. And so I hope this is helpful. We need to reinstate the art of holy mockery and the art of 
what the world calls bullying. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. I hope this is helpful. We want to protect social norms and we want to protect reality in the world. And ultimately, we want to do this to honor and glorify our King. We want to, we live for the glory of God. And so we want to do this because we fear God more than men. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Please, like I said, leave a rating or review and reach out to me with any comments or questions. And please share this around, pass this around if it has been, if it has been helpful.